Welcome to Divorce Right, HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. I'm your host, Vicki Townsend, and welcome to the show for HR directors, managers, and department heads looking for solutions for their divorcing employees. Divorce is the second highest life stressor coming in just slightly behind death of a loved one. From presenteeism to absences and everything in between, divorcing employees cost our country billions of dollars each year in lost productivity. In this show, you'll learn how you can help your employees through this very challenging life event. So join us every Monday where we dive into the state-of-the-art techniques, tips, and real-world solutions for divorcing employees in the workplace. You'll meet thought leaders from the divorce and the human resources industries from across the country. You'll hear from industry giants in the fields of mental health, legal matters, finance, issues with children, and so much more to help you help your employee through this incredibly challenging life event. So put it on your calendar and learn how you can make this process a better one for your team. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Vicki Townsend, and I am the president of Divorce Right. I'm so happy to have uh, Jackie Harunian here today. We're going to be talking about religious divorces. And this is really important as you have a highly diverse team, and you will be surprised at the differences in how they experience their religious divorce. So I want to tell you a little bit about our guest today, Jacqueline Harunian. She is a partner of the law firm of Whistleman Harunian Family Law, established in 1976. And she is a recognized leader in the field of New York matrimonial and family law. Her unique multidisciplinary background includes a graduate degree in behavioral forensic psychology and family systems therapy, which enables her to adeptly handle and successfully resolve complex divorce, custody, and support matters in the family and Supreme Courts on Long Island and New York City. She is recognized as an AV preeminent rated litigator and having tried numerous and complex high income and asset marital and family law cases, as well as bench trials and having prepared and argued appeals before the first and second departments of the appellate division. Ms. Harunian has demonstrated her competence and credibility with judges and adversaries. Thank you, Jackie, for doing this with us today and talking about this important topic of how different religions experience divorce in different ways. I've heard you do this before. I'm excited to have you do this on our podcast here today. So I'm going to let you take this over because you really are the expert in this field across the country. Oh, well, thank you very much, Vicki, and I appreciate the introduction. This is a topic that uh, I really do enjoy speaking about, and I'm going to widen the lens a little bit and take a step back and just talk about diversity and inclusion, uh, which really does include people of different religious and cultural backgrounds, uh, and also same-sex partners and marriages and divorces. There is a different level of uh, sensitivity that I think employers need to have, and that as a society, we need to understand that uh, everything, uh, including trauma, including um, family law crisis, affects people in very different ways. We just don't know uh, because we don't have that perspective. So uh, I'm going to share a little bit about myself so you can understand how I got to this point where I, I really do speak nationally on religious divorce issues. Uh, I'm a daughter of immigrate, uh, Middle Eastern immigrants. My parents immigrated here from a very traditional culture, uh, and I was raised in a very traditional culture, and my parents were also religious refugees because we're actually Jewish. So Middle Eastern Jewish is uh, a very, very tiny part of the culture, but it really informs who I am and why I can speak about topics like the Islamic marriage contract and the Jewish get 
And also I've developed an expertise in dealing with Catholic annulments, in dealing with uh, clients that are Baha'i or Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, I do have uh, a national religious divorce practice. Um, you can't always tell what background someone has just by seeing them. So uh, someone might appear to you to have um, an American background because they have an American last name, but you don't know what their own upbringing is. You don't know what their values and cultures are. And all of that does affect how they experience family law matters. Throughout Eastern parts of this world, and I would include uh, Middle East, I would include Asian, I would include traditional cultures, even in South America, people that have very traditional values are going to stigmatize divorce in a very, very significant way. Um, in Middle Eastern communities, in Asian communities, African communities, divorce is very rare, relatively speaking, compared to American and Western culture. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is when those families are going through family law matters, there is a very high degree of stigma. There is a lot of blaming and shaming uh, experienced by both the husband and the wife. Um, and what that means is they're going to be very private about those matters, um, and it's going to uh, create a lot of embarrassment and humiliation if anyone finds out. Um, on the other side, there's a high degree of parties going through family law matters and then reconciling because their community will get involved and sometimes they will repair the marital rift and the marriage will succeed. For this reason, a lot of times when employees are going through very sensitive, embarrassing matters, they won't want to talk about it. Uh, they will want to keep those details private, and yet it will affect their work performance in many ways. It will affect how they live and where they live because maybe the family life is disrupted. There's also, uh, unfortunately, a very high degree of domestic violence in traditional marriages, uh, in sometimes in certain religious and cultural communities. Uh, and that is because uh, divorce is so stigmatized. Parties will stay together even when really they need to live apart. Uh, and there will be sometimes violence, and it's almost always women that are the victims of domestic violence. And so this is something that you also need to be aware of. If your employee is either a male or a female, uh, be sensitive to the fact that there might be domestic violence going on and offer support if necessary. In the other podcast, Vicki, I mentioned that if you have an employee that seems withdrawn or depressed or is uh, missing work, or there seem to be things going on, but you don't really know what it is, uh, again, uh, they're not necessarily going to share those details with you, especially in certain traditional cultures but be aware of it and offer support um, if they need it, because sometimes they really do need it. There is um, almost a degree of risk of a woman leaving a marriage in certain uh, traditional religious and cultural communities because the, the risk of domestic violence, the risk of death, the risk of real harm really is the most critical at the time when uh, the person tries to leave. And you will see this sometimes if you pay attention to the news, you will see situations where a woman tries to leave a relationship and that's when she is murdered. Or, uh, you know, it's a situation where she doesn't have any power in her marriage. It's not always specific to certain cultures. This is really uh, a domestic violence issue overall that uh, the greatest risk is when she tries to leave. So what are the types of religious divorce issues that I encounter in my practice? I'm gonna break it down a little bit uh, based on certain religious uh, practices. 
What makes religious divorce so interesting is that it really is based on thousands of years of tradition in a culture. So throughout the Middle East, there's something called a meh or a mehrie. It's a religious contract that provides financially for the wife. So you will see religious marriage contracts in Pakistan, in Iran, in Iraq, in Syria, throughout the Middle East, where in Muslim culture, a wife is entitled to an extra sum of money, uh, which is agreed upon at the wedding. So um, during the wedding, it's a very beautiful part of the ritual. Uh, it's something that the whole community and the elders of the community are involved in at the time of divorce. It definitely can create um, an extra obstacle in resolving a family law matter. So it's there. It's another issue to be resolved. It's mostly a financial issue, but it relates also to the stigma and the community involvement uh, when uh, the parties have to work out their resolution. Uh, in the Jewish religion, there is something called a religious divorce as well. Uh, it's called a get. And uh, it's also very much interrelated to the issue of control because only the husband can issue a religious divorce, which is a get. And which means that sometimes wives are stuck in marriages that they want to end, but they can't because the husband won't agree to the get. Uh, it's very complicated. It usually involves some sort of negotiation or input by a religious tribunal. Uh, in the Jewish religion, it's called a Beit Din. And, or a Beth Din, and there's actually a Beth Din of America that uh, sets forth the rules regarding the issuance of the get. And there are smaller religious tribunals throughout the country, there are several of them in New York, that deal with this issue of the Jewish get. Again, this is something that just uh, is a complicating factor uh, in, in these communities. It's not like they can just go and get a civil divorce the way secular couples or less observant couples can do. It's just something that also has to be dealt with uh, in a more traditional way in, in a community. Uh, the interesting thing is that in almost all of these cultures, uh, they look to their religious leader. So in the Muslim community, it would be the Imam. Uh, in the Jewish community, it's a rabbi. And in Catholic and other types of Christian religious communities, they also go to their religious leaders. So uh, for Catholics, there is often a desire to have a religious annulment to end the marriage. That is an extremely complicated procedure, generally takes many years and requires a showing of fraud or some other serious reason why the marriage should be annulled. I won't go into it too much, Vicky. I'm just really pointing out the fact that these are religious issues, cultural issues that are not unique to any one religion, but are a reason why people that are uh, from different religious backgrounds have lower rates of divorce, higher rates of domestic violence, other issues that have to do with financial control and gender roles that are uh, to be respected and valued if you're part of those communities, but sometimes create unique challenges uh, when it comes to going through divorce. Um, and, and just in closing, uh, I want to say that, uh, again, just widening the lens a little bit, you don't know what values uh, an employee holds, what a person holds. You can't always tell by the way they look. You can't always tell by their name. You can't tell by what they order for lunch or how they dress. Uh, but these are very deeply held beliefs. These are issues that are very, very important. Um, and, and people feel very strongly about them. And so from my vantage point, these are things that need to be understood and respected. 
um, and that's very, very important in a work context. This goes, if you widen the lens more, uh, how we deal with um, employees of color, how we deal with employees that are gay, how we're dealing with women in the workplace. Uh, it's all really part of this whole Me Too movement that doesn't have to just do with how we treat women in the workplace, but how we respect everyone in the workplace, no matter where they're from or what their beliefs are in their home. Um, everyone is entitled to respect and understanding. And let me ask you, you know, one of the things, and we probably should have led with this, but could you explain the difference between a religious divorce and a traditional legal divorce? And, and you can do both. You, those cultures yes. need both, correct? That's correct. So in, in very ancient cultures, including um, you know, Islam and Judaism and even Catholic, uh, in order to be truly divorced, it's not just going to your local Supreme Court and filing a divorce and getting a divorce decree from a secular judge. They require a divorce through their religious tribunal. And uh, it's a common requirement for a lot of these religions, including the Baha'i religion and Jehovah's Witness. As I mentioned, there is another framework involved, another religious infrastructure that you have to go through in order to be divorced in the eyes of God. So it's just an additional requirement. For people who are secular, who don't have that level of religious belief, and let's remember, almost everyone in this country that go, that gets married, there is usually a pastor or a rabbi or an imam, but is it is it going to be that level of observance where they're going to require a religious divorce? For most people, no. Even though the marriage might start with some component of religion and some exchanging of vows, for most people, for most Americans, when they go through a divorce, they're really just going through the civil divorce system. They're just going through their uncontested divorce or contested procedure in a secular court. What I'm talking about, the religious divorce, is really a very tiny fraction of parties. There happen to be a lot of them in New York because New York really is a very diverse place. And uh, there are a lot of uh, people that really are observant. But for most people, it's not going to be an issue at all. This is something that someone knows if it's important to them. Right, right. They want a Catholic annulment. They know it. They're going to pursue it. And they're going to take the effort it takes because it is a lot of effort. It is like that. Let me ask you, so, so as we wrap this up, what are some three tips that you can give our HR supervisors, managers, uh, uh, directors? What, can, what are three tips around uh, the cultural and or the religious divorce process for their, their employees? What can they do to help that? process? I think a lot of the HR, uh, you know, just being aware of the issues are very similar to what's gone on with sexual harassment training that is required in New York now uh, by HR. Uh, it's really being making sure that you have a work environment where people are uh, valued, where their differences are respected, and um, where they have privacy in many cases. Uh, you know, people, especially from religious divorce backgrounds, Middle Eastern backgrounds and Eastern backgrounds in general, um, are, are going to feel very ashamed and are going to have a tendency to hide their marital problems, their family law problems. They're not going to openly discuss problems with their children or financial problems even. This is really a private culture uh, where these things are kept usually hidden. And if they're going to be dealt with, they're going to be dealt with in their community. Um, so be mindful of that, uh, respect boundaries of privacy, and at the same time, show support, especially if someone really shows that they are being impacted by something going on at home. 
I would say there's, a, there's a just an extra level of um, concern I would have regarding victims of domestic violence. Uh, women usually that are afraid to leave their marriages that have no way out. You might see in those cases, um, you know, people stop going to work uh, or really shut down because they're almost imprisoned in their marriages. And so if there's a way for HR to be sensitive to that, um, it really would depend on the company whether they can do that. Uh, and, and the last thing as a tip I would say is that uh, we all have a goal of working uh, in, in companies where uh, there really is a level of acceptance and respect. And I think that's a, an ideal that we can all move towards. Um, hopefully that'll be a lesson that we learn from this uh, pandemic, uh, how valued it is to work in an environment and to have coworkers that like coming to work and feel good in their companies because those are the workers that are going to really be the most productive, the most loyal, and really add to the bottom line in a meaningful way. Well, uh, Jackie, I knew that you were the right person to have uh, on this. And I would highly recommend that anybody that's listening to this that has a religious divorce in, uh, in their employees, I highly would recommend that you connect with Jackie and uh, we'll have her information at, uh, below this podcast or YouTube video. So um, she's an amazing woman around her knowledge about this topic. And I think that it's a very important one for the companies as we have multiple religious uh, employees that are, you know, that are in showing the diversity of the workplace. So thank you that very much. And just to, to be able to be sensitive to that and yeah. understand a, even just a little bit about what they're going through. So thank you, Jackie, for being with us today. And we will catch you all on our next uh, uh, podcast about HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. So thank you, Jackie. And we'll see you next time. Bye thank for you, now. Vicky. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks so much for joining us on Divorce Right, HR Solutions for Divorce in the Workplace. If you know someone who would benefit from something you've learned today, please share this with them. And if you found value, please leave us a review.